Hello everyone, happy Monday. Welcome to the verse of the day. My name is Maxine and thank you once again for joining. I ask that you share the subscription, like it, subscribe to it and just share the love around so that we can inspire people to just know the word of God, understand the word of God and reflect on the word of God. The verse of today comes from the lovely book of Jeremiah chapter 17 verses 9 and verses 10 and I'll be reading it from the Amplified Classic Version. This is a special week Easter is coming and it's a wonderful way to actually just meditate on the death of Christ a whole lot has happened and we might just look like it's a day to signify the death of Christ and be with family and go to church and fellowship with God but there's a whole huge meaning towards it Jesus died to save us from sin and this act of death that we commemorate that we celebrate actually signifies a whole lot in the spirit realm. It signifies a whole lot in our world. And it is only fair for us as those who live by the faith in Christ to just have time to reflect on his passion, his death and his resurrection. Heavenly Father, I'd just like to pray for this platform and pray for the listener who's joined this platform as we listen to your word today. We thank you for the wonderful week that you've given us. We thank you that we're even able to just have time to think about your death and your resurrection. Easter is coming and I pray that the listener is able to just take time back to look at what happened to your life as we read the word, to reflect on what it means that you, you died for us and saved us from sin and how the enemy cannot hold our sins against us anymore because there is a certain specific victory that has come along with your death and your resurrection. It is only our mandate to guard and maintain it since you have established it. We thank you for our listener. We ask you that you bless them. We ask you that you favor them. Holy Spirit, you're welcome into this platform and I ask you to nurture this platform, nurture the listener and make these words flesh. The same way Christ was flesh and dwelt amongst humanity. Let the words that Christ speaks to us become alive in our hearts so that we can make them grow. And as we change, the world changes. As we change, our community changes. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9 and verse 10. The Amplified Classic. And it says, The heart is deceitful above all things, and it is exceedingly perverse and corrupt and severely mortally sick. Who can know it, perceive, understand, be acquainted with his own heart and mind? That's a question that God is asking. I, the Lord, such the mind. I try the heart even to give to every man according to his ways, according to the fruits of his doings. This is very deep. This is the Lord telling us that he knows us in and out. There is nothing new under the sun as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes. So it means that God our creator, Abba our father, has not seen anything new and there's nothing that will surprise him. After all, he is the ancient of days. He's seen it all and he's even seen what is yet to come. And so he's telling us that our heart is deceitful as a natural state from the time that we had the fall from Eden. And it's exceedingly perverse. Its tendency is to go for the things that are 
catered towards self. And it can actually get overwhelmed with the ways of the world. If we are not left to, if we are left to the ways of the world and we do not subscribe to laws, we do not subscribe to habits and we do not subscribe to rules, then we are unruly. Is this, this is what the Lord is saying. And he says that we lack the capability as humans to perceive and understand our own hearts and our own minds. And this is not just the four chain. It's not the four chambered structure. When you know people say the heart, think they think of the four chambered structure. When they say I'm in pain, they, they, they look towards their heart. They point towards their heart. But what they're pointing to is a biological, physical structure that is made of flesh. That's not where our feelings come from. That's not where our thoughts come from. That's not where our perceptions come from. Everything stems from the mind. It's the one structure that is spiritually linked to God. And it's also the one structure that the enemy uses to come and manipulate us. The enemy doesn't look for your heart. The enemy comes to you through your mind. There's a certain way that you have to think for Satan to now manipulate you and deceive you. Which means there's definitely a certain way that we have to think for the Lord to give us his love, his knowledge, his wisdom, and for us to have spiritual understanding. And so God is telling us that he knows our minds. He knows how we think. He knows our souls, the combination of our mind and our spirit. And our spirit alone cannot function on itself. Because our spirit alone relies on God. It relies on the Holy Spirit and his ways to keep us uplifted. And if we're not uplifted, our spirits go dark. And when our spirits go dark, then we're left to the ways of the enemy. We're left to weaknesses such as manipulation and deception. And so when that now infiltrates our spirit, it infiltrates our mind and then it corrupts our body. So there's need for structure. There's need for a foundation. There's need for a source that brings light, that brings hope, that makes us whole. And that is God. And God is telling us that in his ways, in his powers and in his abilities, he's able to look into our mind, this double-edged sword, the Lord, our savior. He's able to go through every single tissue and reach our minds and look into our minds and such our minds. And when he searches our mind, he sees what we have and he tries us. Meaning that God knows your selfish ways. Meaning that God knows your great ways. And he knows your capabilities as well. And there are moments that our Lord and Savior will put us to the test in order to bring out the great capabilities and the need for us to see our potential in such situations. So there might be some trials that we face in life that we put ourselves in for sure because of our decisions and our actions. But in the same sitting, we will be looking for a glory into this story and we'll be looking to God to save us. He is our deliverer. And sometimes we always think that the deliverance is automatic just by a snap of the fingers. The problem is gone. But God tells us there must be a process And in that process, there must be learning and unlearning. There must be change and transformation. And that means that he searches our mind and he tries it. And he says, if you are a person in debt and you want to be a kingdom financier, are you able to change your thinking? Are you able to now surrender to your selfish ways and surrender to God? 
surrender your selfish ways and surrender to the Lord and Savior. And so when you surrender to the Lord and Savior, you now look to him. Your prayer tactic changes. Instead of saying, God, clear my debt, you say, God, empower me to learn of the ways that I can overcome my current situation in order to glorify your name. And the Lord sends you helpers. The Lord sends you resources and you learn of ways to save. You learn of ways to spend less. And as you do that, then you start to reduce your debt. And when the Lord sees you sticking to the routine that he has shown you, he tests you, he challenges you, he tries you. Sometimes the enemy tries and imposes a reminder of what you came from in the past. And he brings those lavish gifts of you wanting to spend more and more. The urge comes again when you see that nice bag or you see that nice dress. Satan is saying, you know, you could still go back and get this because it looks good on you. This food, it tastes good on you. This relationship is good on you, although it's destructive. But God says, I have shown you ways. I have given you light. Are you ready to walk that path? And you remind yourself that you have unlearned and you overcome your flesh by manifesting your spirit through the word of God. And you stick to the routine that the Lord has shown you. And now you're out of your situation. You're able to save. You spend less, which means the Lord is able to now inject more resources into your life. And then you have stories where randomly you have people coming to support you gifted men, men of influence, divine connectors, uplifting you in ways that you cannot imagine. And you find that once you were a debt-based human being, and now you're somebody who has injection of finances flowing your way from people that you didn't even expect. But now that you've unlearned a bad habit, you've unlearned a deception, and you've brought light into your life, this money goes into better use. Not only do you help your family, yourself, you also uplift God. You become that kingdom financier that he searched your heart and saw that you were meant to be because that's how he created you. That's what he was meant to make. That was what he had meant you to be from the beginning of your life. So allow the Lord to search you. Ask the Lord to expose your bad ways. Go to your secret place and say, Lord, here I am. I am bare. I have nothing to hide. I am showing you my true self. Show me my ways. Show me my troubled ways. Show me my habits that lead me to trouble. Show me the ways the enemy has manipulated and deceived me and allowed me to capitalize on my flesh, my selfish self. And the first thing you need to do is surrender to God. Surrender to his thoughts. Surrender to his ways. Allow God to be in your presence. Because when God is in your presence and he is in your mind, these habits cease to exist. Surrendering takes a process. It takes time. It's not easy. It doesn't mean you're giving everything that you once wished for and desired away that you'll never see it again. But you're telling God, I'm putting you first. I'm putting the kingdom first. I'm putting your thoughts, your patterns, and your ways first before mine. And you'll find that when the Lord searches you and he tries your heart, he will give you everything according to your fruit. Do not limit yourself with God. Do not limit your fruits when God is present in your life. 
We're used to bad habits. It's time we unlearn those bad habits by learning the ways of God. And God is not foolish. God is not stupid. He's not going to leave you hanging. You might ask yourself, but how will I end my debt? You will find the resources to end your debt. For God places them upon your path. Because God has seen your interest in ending your debt. So he will put you in the path where you will collect these resources. You will meet specific people. Remember... The heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth belongs to the sons of man, meaning we have shared custody of earth with God. So God will bless you through a man. God will bless you through this earth. Allow God to have that opportunity with you so that you can bear fruits that are according to what your true, created, blessed and anointed mind is. Have a lovely Monday and God bless you.